This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Hello, 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 my dear friends. You're listening to Chloe Dilly's Seeking Talents on Plains FM. We are excited to have you here with us today. If you missed any past episodes, catch up on plainsfm.org.nz or Apple Podcast. We are here on air every Monday at 3.30pm and every Saturday at 9am. We have another exciting show today. If you want to share your talents, just call Plains FM and book your spot. Let's meet today's guest and hear about their talents. Today I have the pleasure to have a very special guest in my show. He oh. is so famous oh. and everyone loves him. Wow. Oh. Many generations of Kiwis know his face, voice and performances. Let me welcome the amazing Jason Gunn. Well that's, that, I mean that's nice that you said amazing. You didn't need to say that so thank you. Continue. Welcome to my show Jason. Thank you. As you know, this is a talent show, and oh. we all know that you are one of the most talented and famous New Zealand award-winning entertainers oh. and public personalities. Okay, I'll just stop you there. I mean, most talented, most famous, I'm not sure about that, but I'm going to go with it. If that's Wikipedia, let's just go with it, but okay, continue. Can you please briefly oh. introduce yourself to the listeners who may not know you? Okay. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Jason Gunn, and I'm getting old. My hair used to be black, and then it went sort of chocolatey and now it's sort of grey. Okay, so I'll try and be more interesting. Um, do I say I'm 53? No, I won't say that. Okay, so I got into television when I was 18 and I'm still going, sort of. I like telling stories. I'm a storyteller. That's what I am. That end. Tell us please how old you were when you first realised that you have all of these talents. Uh, that's, I'm not sure all of these talents. I don't... Um, Okay, so when I was growing up, I always liked telling stories. I get it from my mum, I think. Mum is an amazing storyteller. And so, you know, I didn't do great at school. I know that surprises you. I thought you were sitting next to someone really smart. But I did like telling stories and doing impersonations ever since I was a, a small child. So I think we would go on family trips, and my brother Andrew, who's the brains of the family, he would point out things, and I'd get quite bored. So I would do voices and tell stories. And that's what I remember about family trips. So I think it's when I was a wee boy I started doing that. Since when do you carry the crown of the king of the most beloved Kiwi Kids entertainer? What? There's a crown? Okay, I've never seen a crown. Let me just start by saying that. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. See, I believe making children's television is the ultimate sort of television you can make. They call news and sports prime time. I don't think it's prime time. I think children's television is truly prime time. I think people should start out doing news and then sports, and when they're good enough, they should go to children's television. That's what I think. So I think there's been lots of really good children's television presenters over the years, and I'm just honoured that I have been just one of them. Jason. Yes, Among all right. your incredible talents, recently you have added one more. Mm. This is your talent of writing children's books. Oh, yes. And it's not just a book, it's a hilarious book. Oh. 
Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad someone likes it because you're never sure when you do something. Please tell me what's the title of your book. Oh, well, Jason, Ma Jason Mason is the main character, Jason Mason. And the world's most, well, you know, about the itching powder? There's, oh, yeah. There's, yeah, there's, there's some itching powder involved. Basically, it's Jason Mason and this, this mean, mean man called Hugh Jass. That's his name. I'm just, that is his name, Hugh Jass. And uh, he has this itching powder and he's going to just put it out there and ruin ruin everything for everyone unless someone can save the day. That's where Jason Mason comes in. P.S. He can go invisible because he's got a special ring that he got from his great uncle. I'm giving away too much. Is that a book that you wrote by yourself? Ah, uh, no. Remember I said about that guy called Andrew, my brother, who's the brains of the family? Yeah, let's bring him back into the picture. Him and I would meet in this room on the couch that we're now sitting on. You're sitting exactly where he would sit. So you are Andrew and I will play me, Jason. And we would sit like this and then I would walk around the room and tell stories and Andy would go, okay, and he'd write it down and then we'd just write lots of ideas down. Then he would go away and put all the ideas together because he's the brains of the family. And then we came up with this book. So it was a real 50-50 split share of his brains and my stories and his stories as well. So yeah, it was great. The best thing was spending time with Andy, my brother. Where did the inspiration and the idea of the book come from? Great question. These, in fact, can I just say, these are all great questions. There hasn't been a bad question yet. And I'll tell you if there is. Um, the idea came from, well, we just threw lots of ideas around. And we thought, what we like is a story about a very ordinary boy, but something extraordinary happens to him. I guess I feel a bit that way. I think I'm very ordinary, still am. I think I was, so as a child growing up, very ordinary. But something extraordinary happened. I got a job in television and I got to go places and meet people and do all these things. So I guess that was my superpower is I couldn't be invisible. But my superpower was I got to be a children's TV presenter, which is pretty powerful superpower to have, actually. So, and then we just started playing games about what would happen if this happened and who would the baddie be and how could Jason Mason save the day? So there were lots of conversations had on the couch that we sitting on now. What does fiction mean? I'm never sure. Okay, so it's a great question. Okay, so I don't read a lot of books. There, I've said it. When someone says, oh, this book is fiction, I still have to go in my head. I literally go in my head, fiction. Fiction's not true. Not right. Okay, fiction is not true. Non-fiction is true. I think they should fix that. Because I think it's the wrong way around. Like fiction is one word and it means not true, which is two words. And non-fiction means true. Why can't, I think it should be the other way around. Yeah. I think fiction should be true. Because like, okay, this is fiction. It's based on fact, fiction. It's, it's based on fiction. And it's non-fiction. It's non-true. I think, you, do you agree? Yeah. It yeah. always confuses me to this day. Ooh, book people. How long does it take to finish the project? Oh, you mean the, the project of writing the book? Or Yeah, it's a great question again. Another great question. I think we were quite a few months in the making. I think we were, it was like month, about six months. We'd sit on this couch and write. Because you've got to write it and then change it and then write some more and change it and write it and change it. And it's like, that just takes some time. And sometimes you write something and you think it's really good and then you read it a week later and go, gosh, that really sucks. So then you need to rewrite it. So... It's a bit of back and forth and back and forth, yeah. 
Let's go to the adventure of oh. Jason Mason and the world's most powerful etching powder. Yes. Tell me, please, what is the story about and who is the hero of the series? I'm not going to lie. The clue is in the name. Jason Mason. I'd suggest is the hero of the story. And so basically he discovers, he discovers that his great uncle Bill, who passed away, is in fact was a secret agent. You're like, what the heck? And he has this ring that if you put the ring on, you become invisible, but only for like about, I think it's about 58 seconds, 59 seconds. So you got to be careful. You can be invisible, but then after that time, everyone can see you again. So you've got to time your run very well. And then there's this, this baddie called Huge Ass who's holding the world or New Zealand to ransom. So it's really hard because Jason Mason is an ordinary boy at school and he can't tell anyone that he is a secret agent. So he's living a double life and it's really stressful and he's trying to please everybody and it's... And in the end, it all works out fine. Who is Agent Ratana? Great question, again. Agent Ratana is a person that was at his great uncle Bill's funeral, but he knew there was something different about her because when they handed out the sausage rolls at the end of the funeral, she didn't have any. Let me tell you something. If you go to a funeral, and I hope you never do, if you go to a funeral and someone doesn't eat the food, they're probably a secret agent. I'm just saying, they're there for others, other reasons. So he worked out there was something strange about this woman, and then it turns out that Agent Ratana is sort of his in to this world of secret agent. She helps him out the whole time. She introduces him to the Prime Minister and lots of other really important people. So he's she is his go-to, sort of his first boss, you might say. What other adventures has Jason Mason experienced before? Well, hard to say before, I don't know. Not many. I think he's an ordinary kid, basically, and so he's never had any, you know, supernatural, super agent sort of adventures. But when we wrote this book, we were told they'd really like it if it was one of three books. So we're writing three books, and we're halfway through the second book now, so there's going to be at least three. We know that. And if I tell you a secret, I'm kind of hoping we can turn the Jason Mason series into either a TV series or a movie. That's the plan. You should be in it. Sounds like Jason Mason is on a mission, eh? He is. On, he's on several missions. He's on He's on this mission, okay? And then the next mission he's on is, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's even bigger. It may or may not involve going into space. I've said too much. I started to really like this brave boy, Jason Mason. Mm. Do you think he has something special to use in his battle with evil? Do, do I think what? Do I think he's has something special to use in his battle with evil? Yeah, well, do you know what I think he has? I think it's a great question again. I think what? Hmm. He's got a big heart, right? So he cares about people. He he looks out for other people. He looks after people. He doesn't like other people being treated being treated badly. And I think that's a superpower in itself, right? So he's really really good at that. And what I think his superpower is, is that sometimes. A lot of us are trying to be someone that we're not, and we're trying to be someone like we've seen on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. But the problem is, that's not us, and we need to be happy just being ourselves. So Jason Mason is discovering that he thinks he's ordinary, and there's something extraordinary about being ordinary, and I think that might be his superpower. The book Jason Mason and the World's Most Powerful Itching Powder mm. has very interesting pictures. Did he create them too? I was asked to do the pictures. 
And so I sent some pictures in and they went, we might get someone else to do the pictures. So that's, yeah. They didn't say I was bad at drawing, but I'm pretty sure they thought I was bad at drawing. So someone else created those pictures. I like them because they're just like quirky, right? And they just yeah. turn up from time to time. And you stop and look at them and go, oh, look at that picture. But back to the book, yeah. I really like that an ordinary boy like Jason Mason mm. can be involved in making some extraordinary things. Good. How did you come up with the idea of the character? Well, I think we just, that was always the base, that we wanted this to be a, something crazy happens, but we really wanted everyone reading to go, this could, this could be me, you know, like, this, could, this could be, I could be Jason Mason, boys and girls, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. So that was always, I think, right at the start, was let's start with someone really ordinary like us and what something extraordinary could happen. So that was where we started from. Why do you aim to touch the hearts of the children and their parents and make the reading of your book an unforgettable experience? And what are the messages in the book? I love the idea that parents and children might read this book together because something really cool. I think the greatest thing we need to do as humans is spend more time together. We've got all these devices, you know, all your Surface Pros and your iPads and your Galaxies and your Apples and your televisions and thousands of screens and options. But we're all watching things individually. It's kind of sad. So I like the idea with this book that we might sit down and read it together with our children or our parents, have a laugh together, talk about it together. There's a couple of really clever little stories in it. Those are the bits that Andrew wrote, obviously, my brother. And it just there's a couple of things in it that just make you think, I didn't know that. There's a, there's a, there's a famous painting with a story in it about it, which is in the book. I think it's Icarus was his name and who flew too close to the sun with his wings. And it's a lovely story, and it's told so well. And those, that's just Andrew's framing. It's just amazing. And I, I like that. It just it makes you stop and think and ask questions. And so, yeah, I, 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 that, that's what it's about, I think. It's just about getting time with someone that you love to read the book together and then talk about the book. Many Kiwi generations know you as a television and radio personality oh. with a long list of shows and projects to your name. Can you please name a few of your most successful projects? Well, what is successful? That's the million dollar question. What is success? Is success the number of people who watch the show? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know what I'd call it. Oh, I'd always just go straight back to my children's TV days. They're the most successful because people still come up to me today and want to talk about those shows. So Son of a Gun show... There was After School, there was show, What Now, shows like I that. It. There you go. So What Now is just made just out here. That's, oh. that's the presenters just sit over there. And The Feed as well, and Brain Busters, that's all made yeah. here. Yeah, so Brain Busters. There you go. That's the Brain, that's the brain Busters team right here. Um, by the way, if you're listening, you're going, what's he, what's he talking about? Just, there's a big office just outside this office. And, yeah, that's where, so What Now is in the faraway desks, and The Feed is in these desks, and this is Brain Busters right here. So, children's television, the best. But then I enjoyed making Dancing with the Stars. That was hilarious. And then I enjoyed making Wheel of Fortune because you just got to meet lots of everyday New Zealanders, ordinary New Zealanders like me, who did extraordinary things like win lots of money. So, I don't know, any shows where I've got to meet lots of people and enable them to, to show off what they can do. I like shows like that. I don't like being... I, I, I never see myself as the star of the show. It's like, you know, you're just someone there to help make the show work. Mm. When do you find time to work on all of these projects mm. and always have a smile on and keep your positivity? Mm. 
What I'm, is your secret? I'm not always. My wife would say I'm not always smiling. Uh, I don't know. It's balance, isn't it, life? You see, the, the trouble is, I think, we've got to get that balance right between trying to please everybody else but also looking after ourselves. I think a lot of time we're really good at putting on a brave face for everybody else and sometimes we just feel a bit blah. And so it's about, I'm not always smiley. Sometimes I wake up and feel a bit tired or just a bit blah. I think that's okay. I worked out a long time ago that, you know, everything is, everything, my wife has a great phrase. I'll tell you what it is. She says, Everything will be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. Think about that. It's a good one. So sometimes you just wake up and you feel like, oh, I can't be bothered. And you think, it's okay. Maybe today's just going to be one of those days. You're allowed to have those blah days. So sometimes I have blah days and I just, I'll stay at home or I'll mow the lawns or I'll, we, we live on 10 acres, so we've got a big property, so I can find lots of things to do. You know, I can just, I go and hang with my children. They're all getting older now, as am I. But, you know, I just hang with my children and, I don't know, you just find the people that fill your tanks. Was it rewarding to collaborate with your brother while writing oh, The Look and Woe? Absolutely, because he's my brother and he's just like the brains of the family. And also that was just the best thing because we laughed together and we, we, we told lots of stories about us growing up and we honestly we had such a hoot. So that was the highlight of writing the book was Time with Andy. Reading your book, I kind of felt that you missed your childhood. Why did you like yeah. to be a kid? If you could go back in time, what would you say to yourself as a 10-year-old boy? Stay being a child for as long as you can. Um, growing up and getting older is not that great. Sure, you can do some things, but being a child is a lot more fun. And lots of people will ask you, what do you want to do when you grow up? And the answer to that is, just be happy. I tell myself that. I tell myself that don't ever try and go for a job that just gives you lots of money because it turns out that's not actually where happiness lies at all. It looks like it does. But as someone said to me once, think of the most expensive car you can think of. I'm thinking of one right now. There are people driving that car right now, right? But they're not very happy. So just because you have the money and you can buy that car doesn't mean you're happy. I would tell myself, surround yourself with people who make you smile. That's, yeah. that's the secret. And just never stop being a child. Because, you know, I meet some adults and, man, they are boring. And it's, I think, it's because they've stopped being a child. Never stop being. Always be a bit childish. You can, especially because you're yeah. a child. So that, that's good. Were you ready to say goodbye to your childhood? No. And when exactly did you know that you've grown up? Um, I don't think I have. And I think if you ask my wife, she has five children. Eve, Grace, Faith, Louis, and Jason. So I don't, I don't think there's any debate in the family that there is a fifth child. Some would say the youngest child, which has its pros and cons. I mean, the pros are I just some things I go, I just laugh at and go, oh my god, you ought to be joking. The cons are sometimes it means I'm, I don't back myself enough and go, I can do this because I think, but I'm just a child. And also, I think there are some things possibly I should get better at. But. You know, I'm, I'm not too worried, but I definitely don't think I've grown up, no. You I, hope it I hope that never happens, by the way, too. You make us all laugh, but who makes you laugh and feel happy? Mm, my children lots. My children make me laugh a lot. Like, we, we play silly games. We do silly things. Uh, and on TV, I watch a lot of television. British television. I like a lot of Brit. I don't like a lot of American stuff, but British television's good. But I like... Um, my children mainly, yeah. We do, some, we do a lot of karaoke. 
we, we mm. sing in the car a lot together. So my children mainly, yeah. You seem to be very busy. How do you find time to do all the work you do? Do you have helpers? I do have some helpers. You met some of the helpers. I have a couple of producers, Emma, and another producer called Emma. That gets confusing. I have another uh, amazing assistant called Chenia. I believe that's a Spanish, Spanish name, Chenia. And so um, Chenia is like, I don't know, she just knows, she just knows when I need a cup of tea or a, a lie down or she just knows if I'm getting a bit stressed or a bit overworked so she's one she's amazing so yeah I'm very very spoiled to have someone like her you gotta you gotta have gaps right you can't be giving out to everybody all the time you, you can't fill everybody else's tanks it probably took me 50 years before I worked that out and you gotta go hang on a minute someone once said this to me it's like you've got a picnic basket and it's full of food, and you go, yay, and you turn up, and you want to give all the food out to everybody, and then you get back, and you sit down, and you're hungry, but you've got no food left for yourself, and you go, oh, hang on a minute, oh, that's not good. So you need to always have a bit left over for yourself, and you've got to make sure that you don't wait till it's too late to give to yourself. That's why I always say I love mornings, because you can wake up in the morning, I do a little bit of meditation, eat a good breakfast, and I give to myself before I go out the door and try and give to everybody else. Because otherwise, you're just going to give, 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 and at the end of the day, come home and go, I'm exhausted. Jason, I ha now I have a few questions that I always ask my guests. Oh, well, hello, Graham Norton. Yes. What is the grossest thing that you can think of? The grossest thing? Dog poo. Especially, I'm going to say it, if it's runny dog poo. Like, dog's not well, dog poo's inside. If I discover dog poo that's been there for a couple of days, I'm fine. It's dry. You pick it up. No big deal. No smell. I come home, dog's gone on the carpet. Uh-oh. And dog's maybe got a bit of diarrhea or something. It's like, that. that is just gross. I've got to stick toilet paper up my nose and go in there. I feel like a secret agent. So that that is gross. Can you make some funny, unusual noises? I can, actually. Yes, I can. I'm a big fan of Star Wars. Okay, so I'll now give you my favourite Star Wars noises. I might, I hope I don't go too loud for the microphone. We'll okay. turn it down. We'll turn it down a bit. Here we go. Okay, first of all, I'll start, you start simple with R2-D2. That's easy. I mean, anyone can whistle. So that's just, that's R2-D2. Okay. And you know C-3PO? I can't do that because that's more like, I am C-3PO. So that's just sort of British. So. And then you've got, um, oh, okay. Then you've got Yoda, who's like, mm, yes. But then you've got to like take words and put it backwards. So, mm. So you might say, mm, interviewed by Chloe, I am. Yes, 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 yes. Then, oh, then you've got like a, um, you know, a, a TIE fighter. Stay with me, I know this is fascinating you. Which is like, it's one of those spaceships. And they go, and then my favourite is um, Chewbacca. Do you know? Tell me, you know who Chewbacca is? Um, Unbelievable! <laughs> I could cry. Chewbacca is like he's a big Wookie, and he has this big laugh and a big roar that goes. <laughs> That's Chewbacca. That's that, and that would have peaked. That would have really gone. So um, yeah. Oh, and the lightsaber. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you very much. There's more, but I think we could be losing listeners. So, yeah, we move on. What is the closest thing to magic in your opinion? The closest thing to magic? Oh, 
question. Because I mean, I can do the thumb trick where you make like your thumbs disappear, but no, you mean like magic. What's the closest thing to magic? I think the closest, the closest thing to magic is coincidence. Is where somebody's thinking something and you go, I was just thinking that. Or you're thinking about someone and they ring. Or you're thinking about someone and they come in the door and you go, I was just thinking about that. I don't know if there's something happening on another level. I really hope there is one day and we discover that we've only been living on one level and there's another level altogether. But I find that magic when things like that happen, when you go, oh, when you're so in sync with someone, you're thinking the same thing. It's crazy. It's magic. What can you tell other children who wish to write books one day? Oh, believe in yourself. In fact, I'd say this about anything. Lots of people are going to say, that's not funny, that's not good. You must never listen to anybody who says you can't do something. Never let anybody else control what you're going to do. They've got their own problems, right? you just got to listen to you. The problem is, if enough people tell you you can't do something, you start to believe it, and then you start telling yourself you can't do something. And that is when we've got a problem. So just... Get good at it. You're not just going to write, start writing one day and write a book. You're going to write lots of stupid ideas, and one day you're going to write a really good idea. So don't be afraid of writing really stupid ideas. Anyone that you can think of who's really good at something, for a long, long time was really bad at that something. Fast runners once were really, really slow, right? So that's just the deal. That's just the way it is. So don't be afraid to be bad at something for a long time to be good at something. What does success look like to you? Oh my God, that is, shut up. I'm going to say shut up. That's my favorite question in the world. I ask myself this all the time. What does success look like to me? Time. Time with the people who make your heart sing. What a great question. It is. I learned that a long time ago. I wasn't making radio. I hated radio towards the end. I just, I hated it. Radio was great, by the way. Just the radio I was in, it really sucked. And I was like, this is not me. And I had a heart attack. That is not good, by the way. Something you never want. And it wasn't the only reason. I mean, it was one of the reasons I had a heart attack, I believe. But not the reason. But coming out of the heart attack, I went back into radio. And my son went, Dad, do you know what he said to me? No. Do you know what he said to me? No, because no, if you did, that would be really scary. He said to me, Dad, this is not what success looks like. I went, what do you mean? He said, when you go to that radio job and you come back, you're quite grumpy you're stressed, you're tired, it's not good, that's not what success looks like. And he ripped up the contract that they gave me. I went, oh wow. So I had the best phone call and I rang them up and said, I don't want to do this anymore, bye. And then because I said no to radio, in the last year when he was at school, I was able to go and watch him play rugby every game. I didn't miss a game. And before every game, he would give me a hug. And do you know what he'd say in my ear very quietly? This is what success looks like. And that's what success is. Time with the people you love. You can't get time back. Money, shmoney. Money can't buy your time. No. Always turn down the money if the other option is time with people that you like and love. That's what success looks like. Would you rather travel in the past or travel in the future and why? Oh my God. My favourite movie is Back to the Future, apart from Star Wars, and that's about time travel. I don't know what the future holds, and I don't know if I want to know. But the past, I do know about, right? So what's the future? Maybe I don't. Want, maybe some stuff's going to happen I don't want to know about, right? So yeah. I'm willing to just, I'm willing to just live day by day, which is something we need to get better at. But the past, 
There's some people I want to go back and meet, but then again, we can't meet them because then we could alter time, right? Yeah. I'm just saying. So you couldn't go back and say, hey, Jesus, there's this supper. I don't think you should go. Seriously, there's a guy called Judas there. He's not all he's cracked up to be. I'm t you know, and if you said that to him, you know, there's just so many people you could meet and just like alter things. But still, just imagine some of the things you go, you go back and watch. There's, there's, I mean, games of sport you could go back and watch. There are people you could meet, you could be there and hear them speak. There are we famous weddings you could go to. There are just moments that you could witness. Go back into the dinosaurs. So I'm thinking, I think I'd definitely go back. Yeah. Would you rather speak 10 languages or be able to understand all animals? That's a great question. 10 languages. Nah, I'm going to go the animals. I reckon that'd be brilliant. Imagine yeah. you talk to the animals. That's just like so... Because I think animals are a lot smarter than humans. And I don't know. I think we kind of all speak one language per se when we speak from the heart and we're kind to each other. You can kind of read that. I don't mind not being able to speak other languages. But talking to animals, I mean, what is going on with some of them? They see stuff, don't they? I know. I know when we drive a car down the road in the country, I see the cows look up. Okay. And then... We drive past. I know those cows are like, oh, my God, what was with that? I know they're talking to each other about us. I know it. And I want to know what's going on, how they really feel. I think there'd be a lot more vegetarians. Let's be honest. There'd be a lot of vegetarians out there if we knew animals could talk. Yeah. And I think they can talk. And I'm not a vegetarian. What is the superpower you wish to have if it was possible? That's a great question again. Well, sticking with the Jason Mason thing, I reckon invisibility... I think that'd be just so cool. Or time travel. You've, we've talked about both today. Maybe time travel, actually. I think if you could go back in time travel, that's got to be good, doesn't it? Just see things. I'd, lo I'd love to go and... I, I know we can't alter time, but I'd just love to go back and play with my dad when he was younger, play with mum, be there at their wedding. Things like that would be so cool. Go way back in time. That would be the coolest superpower. I'd like that superpower. Yeah. Same. SpongeBob or The Simpsons? I'm going to go The Simpsons. And I'll tell you why. The Simpsons I love because there's something about families. The Simpsons are mean to each other. Yeah, that happens. But you know what? When it all turns to custard and things get really serious, they're as tight as tight. And I love that about any family. You can give each other absolute, you know, trouble. But then when the real trouble turns up, don't mess with us. I love that. What would you tell some children if they really want to go on, on an adventure, but mm. they feel shy or don't know how to do so? Well, it depends. Sometimes deciding not to go on the adventure, you've got to listen to yourself, right? That's, I'm a great believer of get out there and try stuff. Sometimes you've got to listen to that little voice that says, I don't feel good about this. So I wouldn't worry about it. There's a great phrase called FOMO, fear of missing out. Have you heard of that before? Sometimes people go, oh, no. This is the problem with social media. You see a lot of people doing stuff and people get FOMO because they wish they were there. I'm older now, so I have JOMO, joy of missing out. I enjoy sometimes not going out and doing things. And sometimes if people are having big adventures, it's okay not to go on those adventures. Stay home, chillax. But I would just say sometimes, sometimes you've got to go on little adventures before you can go on big adventures. And if you do, it's okay. You might, you might, you might like it more than more than you realise. 
So sometimes you've got to be a bit brave and go on little adventures and try things because it's the only way we really sort of extend ourselves and find out, I didn't know I liked that or I didn't know I was good at that. So, yeah. But I think you've got to be true to yourself too. And if you don't want to do something or you're unsure, just talk to someone about it. Don't, don't pretend. Talk to someone about it. There'll be someone else out there who's just as nervous as you. Is there a right or wrong in the art? Is there a right or wrong in the art? Oh, now what do we mean by that? Like, in that you mean in what way? In painting or drawing. Oh, I see. Absolutely no wrong way at all. No, you, you, you do you. It's an expression of who you are. If you want to colour in and not go over the lines, cool. If you want to go over the lines, cool. Imagine how boring it would be if we all just did exactly the same. Imagine, I don't understand a lot of art. My wife loves art. Sometimes we go places and I'll say that old phrase, I reckon I could do that. And that's cool, but at the end, some of it I really think I could. We have a dog. He's a golden retriever. And some of the art I've looked at at famous museums, I reckon he could have painted. But that's okay. We've all got to celebrate difference, right? So I don't think there's a right or wrong way. No, absolutely not. What is the naughtiest animal you can think of? Our dog Sundays. He does stupid things. You know I said about it, I hate a dog poo. That's because he's pooed in the lounge a lot. Uh, and he got stuck in pipe last weekend, like this big drainage pipe. I think a monkey is probably, I've always wanted a pet monkey. Always wanted a pet monkey. But I also think that they'd be the cheekiest. I think the monkey would be the cheekiest. Monkey would steal stuff. Yeah. That and the Kia, the, the Kia bird. They're very cheeky and naughty and aggressive and they pick away at your car. Yeah. And the shark. I'm looking at you, shark. I don't like you either. Carry on. Sorry, I've interrupted you. What do you think the most useless product on the market you can find today? It's a great question. What's the most useless product on the market out there? Oh, there are some stupid things out there. Some stupid... Hmm. I don't know. Useless product. Oh, do you know some, you know what, I think some of the dieting things out there and some of the exercise machines, I'm like, seriously, really? And some of the, I love self-help books. Like I love to read about how I can be a better person. But I think a lot, a lot of the stuff out there is just trying to turn us into somebody that we're not. Like a lot of the diets, it's like, they're the most useless things in the world. We're all on a diet. We don't need some wacky thing we need to go on so we can lose a bit of weight. It's like, that's what upsets me the most is we see people who are naturally thin, right, or naturally don't have a lot of fat, and they go on the internet and go, hi, you can be like me if you buy this. It's like, no, you just, you just had genes that made you a little smaller. Don't worry, you'll have your own issues as you get older. So I think a lot of those dietary things, they, they shouldn't be allowed. Those, those exercise, some of those things are just... No, they're useless because they're just wrong. How would you explain the word itching to a toddler? That's a great point. How would I explain itching? Well, maybe I'd throw some itching powder on them and they'd, go, and they'd start itching and I'd go, there, see that? That's what you're doing there, itching. Or I'd get a mosquito to bite them and they'd go, oh, and i go, see what you're doing there? That's itching. That's what I do. I'd capture a mosquito, I'd put it on them, I'd let it bite them, not a bad mosquito, just a small bite, and they'd start itching. I go, you've got yourself an itch right there, and you've learned a new word. Hmm. Would you rather be a character in your own stories or in a superhero movie? 
Gee, that's a good one. I mean, I've always wanted to be in a movie. Why don't we combine the both? And why don't I create a character and then we turn it into a movie? Can I do that? Yeah. Good. Well, I just did that. That's what I'm, That's what's going to happen. Okay. Because I don't like a lot of superhero movies. I mean, it's going to cause a lot of offense. But it's like Marvel and all that. It's like, okay, I get it. Are we still going with that? Are we, okay, is there another? Is there still another adventure of the... Are they still going? It's like Star Wars. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. But now, we're making too many Star Wars movies. There were three really good ones to start. And then they made three before that that weren't great. And then they made some other ones which were okay, but not great. And now they're just making lots of Star Wars movies. So, I'm not a big fan of superhero movies, you know. Do snails sleep? Do I what? Do snails sleep. Do snails sleep? Well, they've got to because they've got to be tired. They're carrying the house with them all day. If I was carrying my house on my back all day, I'm going to want to stop and sleep. They must. Great thing about being a snail, they move so slowly, you don't know if they're moving or sleeping. It's not a bad life, is it, when you think about it? Is that snail moving or is it asleep? We'll never know unless you watch the snail and you'd probably fall asleep watching the snail. So I think they definitely sleep, definitely. We just can't tell the difference. Why is water wet? Because if it was dry, it'd be a towel. I really don't know. That's a great thing. Why is water wet? I just think it's a great question. I don't know. Because if it because if it wasn't wet, you wouldn't know you were in it. You could think you're on land. It's water's way of saying, yeah, hi, yep, I'm here. Because if it didn't feel wet, you'd be like, am I in the water yet? You'd be, am I in? You go, yeah, you're in. Can you not feel wet? That's why water's wet. Where does the rainbow go after it stops raining? That's a great point. Into the clouds, surely. I think it lives in... Okay, I like to think it lives in the clouds. It pops out and goes, Hi, guys! I don't know if it speaks like that. But then it, then it goes back into the cloud, comes out another day. But definitely lives in the clouds. I like to think it's a really soft place to live. One day, I'd like to think we could be living in the clouds. I think it'd be so cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'd like that, yeah. See a lot of rainbows, that's for sure. Where can your book be found and purchased? I believe my book can be purchased in any good bookstore and any bad bookstore and any secondhand bookstore, hopefully. No, I don't know. I've been to some bookstores and said, um, I'd like to buy Jason Mason. I believe it's very good. And they look at me and go, what's Jason Mason? And I'm like, how dare you? You should get out of the book business. You don't even know what you're talking about. So and some of the airport bookstores don't stock it. And I'm like, unbelievable. So I think most good bookstores... Big bookstores have it. I know that much. So hopefully most bookstores. But not all bookstores. But all good bookstores. Jason. Yes. Would you like to wish to our listeners and the people who will buy your book something? Okay. What would I say to you? Okay. If you like the idea of reading a book either by yourself or with someone else, that might make you laugh. That will enable you to put on silly voices. And, as I said, make you laugh and teach you about some secret agent stuff. And I think you'll really like my book. And I would really appreciate it if you purchased my book. But, most importantly, I just like the idea of people just spending time together and putting down their devices and just hanging out together. And if that means with my book, cool. If it doesn't, just as cool. So, that's what I'll say. I just wish that we could spend a bit more time together 
You know, yeah. don't wait. You know what? Don't waste. Don't waste these days. We don't know how long we're here for, so we need to make sure we spend good time with the people that are good for us. That's my that's my wish. Would you like to greet someone? To greet to greet someone like you, anyone in the world. Yeah. Like if I could just meet anybody. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If I can meet, do they have to be alive? No. Okay. Right, let's see if I could just greet anyone. Um. Okay, let me think. Well, there's lots of people. I've always been fascinated with President John F. Kennedy. He was a good speaker. And it didn't end well. Okay, so him. Okay, uh, who else? Uh, there's so many people. I've never really thought about this. It's interesting. I'm not religious. Right? I'm just going to make this quite clear. I'm not religious. I haven't quite worked out what's happening upstairs. If there is a Jesus... Okay, and I'm, I don't want to make this religious. I'd quite like to meet him. Because, you know, I mean, it sounds like quite a fascinating guy. Also, the reason I'd like to meet Jesus is because, okay, I read part of his book when I was younger, the Bible. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Sort of like Jason Mason, but bigger. Um, anyway, I want to know if any of his friends were funny. Because nothing funny happens in the Bible. And that's where I think the problem is for me and why I never liked it. Because... Jesus had a lot of followers, and it's interesting because none of them seem like, hey, Jesus, I've got a Okay, Jesus, come here. I've got a story. How's this? How come none of the followers, disciples, how come no one was funny? So I want to go back and talk to Jesus and go, seriously, who was the funny one at the table? There must have been a funny one. There must have been one. The Bible would have been a better read for me. Not that I've read it all. Crikey dick, no. Just if there was a bit more, uh-oh, here comes, uh-oh, here comes Ricky. And Ricky was like, oh, here's trouble. Here's, oh, here's trouble. And Ricky turns up, Jesus, have I got a story for you? I'm just saying. So, you know, I'd like to meet with Jesus and find out if, you know, maybe he was quite funny because it's been a long time since if he was alive, he was alive. It's been a long time. So I'd like to chat with him and go, are you portrayed the way you really were? Because I think he's potentially a lot funnier than the Bible actually makes out. But Anyway, let's move on from the religion because, as I say, I'm not 100% sure what's going on there. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people I'd like to meet. Yeah. I still come back to my dad is no longer with us anymore. I mean, I don't know if he's with Jesus. Again, that's another story for another day. But I'd like to. I'd like to greet dad when he was a boy. <coughs> people tell me my dad was quite a hard case, quite a character as, when he was younger. I'd like to greet him. I'd like to greet dad. When he was a boy, that's what I'd like to do. It's going to be a hard. I mean, I know you can't make that happen, so I'm not offended. It's fine. Okay. Dear Jason, thank De you very. Well, well, thank you, dear, dear Chloe. That's kind of you. Yes. Thank you very much for coming on my show, Chloe Daly Singing Talents. I wish you and your family lots of happiness, success, and all the very best. Well, I want to thank you for having me. And listen, I have been interviewed by some people. None of them were as organised as you. Number one, okay. Most of them had really stupid questions. You didn't have one stupid question. You had questions that made me think like, oh my gosh. But they were all really good questions. Finally, I need you to make a promise to me. Are you ready? And don't, don't make this promise if you can't. It is obvious to me that you're going to have a long career in broadcasting, right? And you're going to be quite famous, right? When you are, you know, really famous, and I come up to you and go, hi, Chloe, hi, it's me, Jason. Do you promise that you'll remember me? Okay, do you promise if I like bring my kids and their kids up and go, hey, I actually know her, you won't go, mm, sorry, I don't remember. You promise you remember me? You'll remember us having this conversation. Yeah. 
Okay. And if you're somewhere where there's like VIP tickets, I'll get a VIP ticket. Yeah. You promise? I'll get like to the front of whatever you're doing? Yeah. Okay, it's a deal. Shake on it, please. We shake hands on that. We shook hands on that. This here, these are our hands. If you're just listening and not watching, we're shaking hands. It's a deal. So I will hold you to that or I'll take you to court and put you in jail. That's not the positive finish I think we wanted from this interview, but thank you very much. You're very good at this. Thank you. Thank you. This is Jason and Chloe signing off. Thanks everyone for tuning in to Chloe Louis Seeking Talents. If you enjoyed today's show, make sure to catch up on any episodes you've missed on Plains FM or Apple Podcast. You can find us here at Plains FM 96.9 every Monday at 3.30pm and every Saturday at 9am. Why don't you share your talents with us too? Just call the radio office at www.plainsfm.org.nz. I can't wait to hear about everyone's amazing talents. Everyone have an amazing week. Till next time, bye!